Hello and welcome back. I'm Dr. Nicola and this is Aspen Talks Health where we learn about alternative healing modalities and how to live a healthy, compassionate life. Today we're talking about menopause and with me is Sheridan Semple. She is a holistic health practitioner and nutritionist and she is a clinical aromatherapist who specializes in hormonal therapy for menopause. And she also is the founder of Aspen Holistic Health, and she teaches some classes around Aspen called Aspen Plants Heal and Discover Essential Oils. Welcome to the show, Sheridan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, I'm so <laughs> grateful. So we're going to talk about how menopause can actually be a blessing. Yes. Most people do not think so. <laughs> and how some oils can help mitigate the symptoms. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So let's start with some defining some terms. There's perimenopause and menopause. What's the difference? Okay, great question. So perimenopause is all the time leading up to menopause proper. And menopause itself is defined as not having your cycle for one year. That's technically when you are in menopause. So everything leading up to that, which is usually when everybody's having all the symptoms that people complain of is most often in perimenopause. And then once you hit menopause, it kind of starts to stop, but that's not always true for everyone, but generally. Okay, and what are some of those symptoms? I know we hear of hot flashes. Yes, hot flashes <laughs> is a big one. Um, insomnia, grumpy and irritability, oh, crazy cycles where you might have a really long cycle, then you don't have a cycle for a while, then you have a really heavy cycle, that kind of thing. Um, there can be digestive things that go along, like constipation. Um, yeah, those are some big ones. Interesting. Yeah. Is there like one first symptom that, is it normally the irregularity that people start noticing the? Not necessarily. It would be nice if there was kind of some set markers you know you're going to hit and that you were past that, but it's really different and okay. super individual for every woman. So some women may start missing cycles. Some women may have hot flashes and still be having cycles. Some may start with the insomnia. Some may start just wanting to be by themselves more. That can be another symptom that comes up for people. Oh. It's just needing time to go within. Very interesting. And how long is that average perimenopause stage? It really varies as well. So it can be years. The whole process is usually years. Wow. Yeah. So some women I see can have it go on for like 10 years, but that's definitely on the longer side. Okay. So a few years is kind of average. All right. So, um, I hate to throw my mother under the bus all the time on this show. I feel so bad for her. But she was a raging fill-in-the-blank. Yeah. I mean, it, it was very intense. Yes. Um, and she, she would admit it to herself. I mean, she, she probably wasn't happy with herself during that time. It was just very easy to get angry. Right. Um, why is that? What are the reasons? Do you know? Yeah. So from a physical perspective... Hormones are changing, and we all know if you've you know experienced PMS symptoms, you've had hormonal type symptoms throughout your life, what that can kind of do from that physical perspective. So as some of the hormones start to go away, it can affect your brain chemistry and you can have a shorter fuse. But I really like to say that I think it has to do with more things that have been repressed or not necessarily dealt with throughout your life. It's like menopause takes your filter away. It it 
takes that barrier, that place where you're like, it's okay, I'll just stuff it, I'm not going to deal with this, or for the sake of my family, this is too complicated to address right now, that kind of thing. Um, menopause just kind of rips that Band-Aid off, and you just don't really have the choice, which I think is a lot the same with PMS. So women that typically will get kind of grumpy or irritable during their cycle. Um, I think it's the same thing that it's there's these underlying issues that you just can't keep stuffed under the carpet anymore. Wow. So it's sort of an emotional kind of almost trauma maybe from childhood or, or from your past that you're not dealing with. Yes. Is that? Yeah. Am it's, I, hearing I you? think menopause really gives you an opportunity to address and deal with all the things that you haven't been dealing with or wanted to deal with you know it may be intense and abrupt and it may still be things that you don't want to deal with but menopause is bringing it up and giving you the opportunity because it's kind of like a make or break time right we all know that we need to deal with our emotional issues and move through things so that we release that energy and that stress from our bodies because we know stress makes us sick right so literally that's how those things happen so i think menopause gives you this like you know, waves the red flag saying, hey, deal with these issues because if you don't, I'm going to come back in a harder way requiring your attention moving forward. So I think wow. it gives you that opportunity to kind of save yourself from maybe having like illnesses and things down the road if you yeah. heed its, you know, warning call. Wow, I like that. It's giving you an opportunity to look at what you need to see and yeah. what you need to address. Yeah, whether it's like emotional things or spiritual things or just physical things like diet, health, your lifestyle, you know, are you someone who's like pushing, pushing, pushing hard, busy constantly, you know, all those kinds of things that could be not working for your body. Yeah, good. We're going to get into the nutrition compact component in a second, but uh, just to tie up the emotional side, I think to pay attention to when you get triggered and what triggered you yes. and start exploring it. Take a moment to journal how you felt and why and where this could be sourced. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. exa And that's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be this huge, intense excavation project, but just something simple like you just said. Just take notice, have awareness, start writing, start diving into it yeah 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 it's helpful yeah. And, and necessary clearly your yeah. body's telling you it is exactly that's what i think yeah um how do you deal with someone like for me i had I, my mother went through it i haven't gone through it yet mm -hmm. um but it was a very intense experience for me to try and manage and i, <laughs> I ended up getting her some sam e have you heard of yes. sam e yeah yeah just calming herbal pills not a, you know she could take it when she felt anxious or and um, and that really helped. But are there any other tricks? We're going to get into nutrition and oils, but emotionally wise, that people could be supportive. Well, I think those are great ideas. Like you said, like Sam E, or there's a, like GABA can be another one. Or you know, everybody's got their own little tricks and trades. Just some herbal teas can be calming. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that you can use to help with the symptoms from a natural perspective is great. Go for it, a hundred percent but still dive into that deeper emotional work because yeah. that's really where the release will come. But whatever you need to do to kind of get yourself there because it's, it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, and menopause is a process, right? It's a marathon, definitely not a sprint. Right. Wow. So true. Okay, so let's um, switch over to the solutions. 
Um, what hormones, first of all, what hormones are getting depleted with menopause? Are they getting depleted or are they hyper? So it can go both directions. So again, it'll be a really individual thing, but typically the general ones are progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. So okay. sometimes as, you know, estrogen can kind of go up, but in perimenopause and then start to drop once you're getting more towards menopause or into menopause, that's usually where people will feel like, you know, things are going wrong is when the estrogen is dropping. But it can also be there's not enough testosterone. It can be there's not enough progesterone. They all work kind of inversely together. So mm. even adrenal uh, hormones or thyroid hormones can be a component of it as well. So if you are in a stressed state all the time and your cortisol levels are high, then that can cause you to have more imbalance in your, you know, reproductive menopause type hormones or manifest as like a thyroid type issue, but really it's the stress and you're starting to move into menopause and that kind of a thing. So they all, they no hormones happen in a vacuum. They all work together. So if one goes out of balance, then all the other can follow. And that's always going to be a really unique individual process that happens. And part of why originally when I became a holistic health practitioner, I didn't want to get into dealing with the hormones because it's so complicated and mm -hmm. so involved. But then over time I had so many clients ask me for it. And then I started to really like the challenge of it because I love researching. I'm a yeah. total research geek. So, nice. um, yeah, so they go all over the place. Are there different symptoms uh, for different, like if you're, you know, th uh, what's it called? Um, like estrogen dominant yeah, versus high, yeah is it, that the anger or that's like hypersensitive you're crying all the time or there's kind of mixed feelings but generally if you go online and you look at a list of um you know uh not having enough progesterone, it'll look a lot like the list of not having enough estrogen. Okay. It would look like a lot of the list of having too much estrogen. So that's part of where I think it can make people really crazy is trying to figure it out. You know, it's like WebMDing yourself, trying to figure it out. With hormones, it's really crazy because the same issue your friend could be having would be for a totally different hormonal reason than the issue that you're having, even though they look the same. So do you believe in hormone therapy or it seems like maybe not? I personally, I think every woman should definitely do what feels right for them. I'm never going to say this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do. But personally, my goal would be to have women handle it as naturally as possible, as naturally as they're comfortable with because you know, part of my mission is definitely to reduce our use of pharmaceuticals because not only just for what they do in our body, but what they do in the environment through how they're manufactured, as well as what happens after we take them and it moves into the environment. So that's a little bit of a passion project for me. So I'm all about not taking pharmaceuticals unless you really have to. And it's like, life-threatening situation, but again, I'm never gonna tell a woman what to do, what's right for her, because it may be just too intense and she needs that help, but I wouldn't ever want someone to take hormones and then sidestep that whole growth process because I feel like it sets you up for bigger, more intense things down the road. That makes sense. And you're not really addressing the root cause. Like, for example, we can move on to nutrition. If that's an issue, if you, you're eating a diet that's really inflammatory. Yes. 
So let's talk about Which that. Which most everyone is, even if you're trying to eat well, you know, every client that comes in and says, I have a really good diet. Yeah. Every single, I, yep. I can think of like two people that come in and say, I eat like crap and I need help. But mostly everyone <laughs> thinks, because we're all trying. No one's not trying to take care of themselves. Right. You just don't necessarily always know what to do or what's right for your body. Right. I mean, I was a vegan. I ha I've been a vegan for 25 years. I wasn't always doing it right. Yeah. I was on a very high-fat diet, for example, because vegan diets can be very fattening. The avocados, the olive oil, the nutsy butters and crackers and all that. Yum. So um, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a good diet for a diabetic. Right. In fact, that caused, I think, part of the contributing factors to my diabetes. It makes sense. It, it's interesting, too, right? You can drink Coca-Cola and eat Twinkies, and that's vegan. Right. Technically, you <laughs> that's know. True. Yeah. Yeah, Oreos yeah. are vegan. Yeah, Oreos are vegan. I, I like that. That's a good tagline. How do they make the cream on the middle if it's... it's yeah, yeah anyway. some kind of, I don't know, non-animal product. <laughs> uh, very interesting. But um, so what else? So inflammation actually causes, throws off the hormones. You, yes. you mentioned that to me before. Yes. Tell me about that. That's interesting. So I do think a lot of the hormonal imbalances from a physical perspective start in the gut. So, you know, we hear so much about, you know, heal your gut, digestion, your second brain is in your gut. There's so much emphasis, but it's true. And that's for a reason that once you have an inflammatory process happening in your digestive system, which not everyone necessarily will feel like they're having digestive problems, but once they heal it, they'll realize that they, I didn't realize, oh, all that gas I had was because my digestive system was off or I thought going once a day or once every other day was normal for me, you know? It's like that kind of thing. So once your gut is off and your bacteria is off and there's inflammation going on, it definitely is a stressor on your body. It starts more of that kind of adrenaline response and then your hormones are getting thrown off from there. So I find that is like a foundational piece is getting your diet, your gut healthy and cleaned up. And then it's a lot for a lot of women, the hormones will start to come into balance through that. What are some really inflammatory ingredients? Um, gosh, I like to start people with an elimination diet to kind of figure out individually what works for them. So, you know, things that come to mind, like dairy is obviously really inflammatory. Grains can be inflammatory for some people. Sometimes nuts and seeds can be inflammatory for people, not for everyone. Eggs, all kinds of foods like that. But sometimes some foods work for one person that don't for another person, regardless of what it says on TV or the internet, right? You know, nuts are supposed to be healthy, but if they cause discomfort and issues for you, they're not healthy for you. So I like to start with an elimination diet, kind of just calm everything down and then add things back in to see, is this actually an issue for you or is it not an issue yeah. for you? And we yeah. don't need to worry about it. But gluten, you know, Huge. soy can be a big issue for some people. And then other people, I had a woman come years ago who was like the epitome of health and she ate soy all the time and it worked fine for her, mm -hmm. you know, so. I think soy in this country, a majority of it has been genetically modified. Yes. And so it's grown with a high level of pesticides, which, of course, then it, they're designed to kill bacteria and bugs. Exactly. That kills your bugs in your intestines. Exactly. And it causes leaky gut. So IBS, all of that stuff. So corn and soy, both of those have been so genetically modified, it's dangerous. 
It's so uh, true. It's soaring, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I've seen one scientific report on meat and then when people consume meat, their white blood cell count go, uh, goes up. So the body goes into almost an attack defense mode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but it, that sounds like that would cause some inflammation. Right. But, um, yeah, if there's a white blood cell, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't gone to the inflammation part, but yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and the nuts, by the way, I, I, a lot of people don't know this, they should be soaked. Yes. So a nut can sit on the shelf for two years, no problem. It's only when you put it in the ground and it soaks up the water that then it releases the enzymes that protect it and, and it and releases the information and becomes a tree. Yes. So in that protective state that it's in the shelf, your body can't digest it. And right. that might be some of the causes of irritation. Definitely. So make sure your people are soaking your nuts and seeds Ideally. Yes. Yeah. And it makes a difference. So some people that have an issue with nuts, once they soak them, mm. they don't and they find that they can eat them. It just requires some planning and foresight and yeah, taking I mean, the time to do it. And, you know, by the way, that involves literally take your hand and a bag of nuts, yeah. <laughs> put it in a glass of, <laughs> and then fill it with filtered water and leave it overnight. The yeah. next day you've got soaked nuts. Exactly. It's not hard. No, it's not hard. It's, and it's fun. The next you can pop almond shells right off of them. It's actually quite a pleasure. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> side step. Yeah. Um, so, Fun tricks for holistic health practitioners. Right. Um, so what about uh, supplements? You mentioned probiotics when we spoke last. Yeah. So as I focus on the gut, right, there can be so many supplements people can take, right? People can go crazy with supplements. People yeah. come in and see me with like a grocery bag of supplements from the various alternative practitioners that they've seen or things that they've read. That's too much. Mm -hmm. It's too many things to take. So I like to just start very basic and slow with good probiotics, a good digestive enzyme, and then sometimes... Um, betaine hydrochloride it's a like a hydrochloric acid supplement mm. to help with breaking down protein and digesting so a lot of times your digestion starts in your stomach with the hydrochloric acid but most people don't have enough of it you know even people that have like heartburn and think they have too much stomach acid a lot of times they don't really actually have enough so I'm trying to help people break things down better and increase that good bacteria in their gut with the intention of just helping the gut heal overall. And then you can start to add other supplements from there, but okay, I'm a minimal supplementist. Good. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Uh, the enzymes, I think, is a very important one to, to talk more about because uh, when we cook food... Anything over 115 degrees that denatures the enzymes that are already naturally in the food that help you break it down. So then you have to rely on your own source. And so that those can get depleted. And those enzymes that are going to digestion would be going to healing your body. Right. And healing your cells and repair and getting rid of cancerous cells. So if you're spending all of your energy, your enzymatic energy digesting, uh, it takes away from repair. Yes. Um, so very important, I think, to take the digestive enzymes. I'm glad you brought those up. Yeah. And so you take those before every meal. Is that yeah, what you or like right at the start of a meal, you okay. know, so you don't want to take it like a half hour before, but you don't want to take it towards the end. I just say like right as you're just about to start eating, like ideally you don't have to be like perfect or super anal yeah. about it, but yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. good. Yeah, the box says 15 minutes before a meal, but I like it closer to the meal. That makes more sense to me as well. Yeah, I like to do it kind of right as you're starting to have the meal. And then yeah. the probiotics, I like to have people take them at bedtime. 
Okay. When your body's about to do all of that healing and repair, yeah. that's my preference. But better to get them than not. So yeah. if nighttime doesn't work for you, take them when you can. And are there any details? Uh, like 80 billion, how many do we need? <laughs> I think it you know, can vary. There's different schools of thought. Some feel like that's a lot of cultures to introduce yeah. to your body at one time. So some people like having a more basic uh probiotic that might have like three billion and just three different strains that are kind of the building blocks of the rest. And then other people do well with taking like 80 billion. So nowadays, as long as you just don't get it at like some mass produced, uh, you know, like huge chain, like a Walmart or something like that, not to you yeah. diss Walmart, but it's, um, you ought to be pretty good. You know, as long as you're going to a health food store and getting yeah. some type of probiotics from them, usually you're going to do fine. Yeah. Or if Walmart starts selling some organic, raw, very healthy versions. Yes. Great. Yes. Then <laughs> yeah. by all means. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then what any emotional and spiritual awareness around managing, um, spiritual awareness? Is there? Yeah. Well, I really think ultimately that menopause is this amazing spiritual opportunity because yeah. it's this time when we're going through this huge transition in our lives, right? We don't have a lot of rite of passage markers in our society so much anymore. Yeah. And I think menopause, I like, let's bring back menopause as a rite of passage, right? Where it's this, it's this amazing time where a lot of women are transitioning from being full-time mothers into maybe empty nesters into the second half of their lives. It's a time to get more in touch with yourself. You know, who do you want to be going forward? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want your purpose to be going forward? All of that. Whether someone's had kids or not had kids, it's still this time that starts to give you an opportunity to really dive deep into yourself and start connecting to something bigger, in my opinion. Yeah, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's true, there's so many cultures or tribes around the world that have these wonderful rituals and they make sense now when you look at them this way. Yeah, it's something that I ultimately hope to do is start to try and provide some sort of a retreat, um, something to mark that time for women to, you know, where you've now transitioned into becoming to be one of the elders of our society, right? We need that. We need to cherish that, right? There's so much focus on like staying young, looking young, being young, 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 young. But, you know, I don't know when I was in my twenties, I was like a mess, you yeah. know, and I don't, there's nothing <laughs> about that that is appealing or desirable, right? I like myself so much more now yeah. and we need that. We need women to teach us about becoming the sages of our society. We need that wisdom, right? We're in the middle of like these women's movement, right? We're on a huge upswing of female power. And I think menopause and honoring the women becoming the elders of our society is should be a huge part of that as well. Love it. Nice. Thanks. So agree. Okay, let's uh, talk about the oils. How? Okay. Final solution, I think. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I like to use, along with the diet, essential oils, right? So I'm not a big supplements person because there's just a lot of things that go in, are involved with supplements. But essential oils are all adaptogens. So whether you have low estrogen or you have high estrogen, we could use a sage essential oil. So I brought that today. A lot of people use clary sage as kind of a go-to, but I really like true sage. 
So mm. smell that. Sorry, it's not smell a vision and you can't smell oh, there at home, but that's so nice. Isn't it? I love oh, that. It's so like a sweeter version almost. It's beautiful. Yes, isn't it? And it, the plant looks so different from clary sage. So common sage or true sage, that is a great hormonal balancer that you could use regardless of where your hormones are at. So you don't necessarily need a a test to tell you every single thing that's out. Essential oils will help bring you into balance wherever you are, high, low. Yeah, explain that. Adaptogen, that's what adaptogen means, right? It, yeah. it gives you what you need. Exactly. Correct? So an adaptogen is to bring your body into homeostasis, into balance. So if you have high estrogen or you have low estrogen, an adaptogen is going to bring you into your balance. Nice. Say like blood pressure, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, the same essential oil will bring you into balance rather than there's one for high blood pressure and one for low blood pressure. So interesting how it works. Yeah. So another one I really like is Norwegian spruce. Ooh. Yeah. So try that. Thank you. Smell that. I use that a lot for hormonal balancing and oh, a lot wow. for adrenals. So as different. well yeah isn't it yeah and it's different it's different than like your blue spruce try and smell your blue spruce now and see how different oh completely isn't it yeah yeah completely right so that's our colorado blue spruce this is a spruce from norway huh. yeah and this one i bring i used to bring out my truth so i can speak my truth correct? i love that yes yeah. exactly that's one of the great things that blue spruce is Here's another one people don't necessarily use. The kind of the go-tos are geranium and clary sage for hormonal balancing, but I like to use other ones. This is anise raven, and that is another really great. Ooh, anise. anise. Yes, exactly, right? Yeah, the very garishi. strong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's another nice hormonal uh, balancer that I like to use too. And where you apply them where? How do you do this? So you apply them topically. Generally, so it depends, but you know, if it's an adrenal thing, I'd have someone apply it more on their adrenals. If I feel like that's at the root cause Where of the hormonal, that? that's just underneath your bra in the back, right okay. where your kidneys are. Um, if it's just kind of straight up the main hormonal balancers that we're looking for, the reproductive ones, then I might have someone apply it on their lower abdomen. Or sometimes some things I would have them apply it around their head, like your mom with the anger. If I wanted to use some kind of an essential oil to kind of calm her brain chemistry down, I'd have her use it around her head. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And when, how often, how much? It can vary, but at least once a day. But sometimes if someone's in sort of an acute, intense situation, we might use it several times a day for okay. a little while. And just a few drops? It, yeah. So sometimes, you know, I like to use, you know, I'm more of a heavy doser, so I would use more like eight to 10 drops maybe okay. a few times a day. People tend to be a little fearful around essential oils. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but you don't really have to be. As long as it's a truly pure where it's from the plant to the bottle, not the plant to a laboratory to the bottle, as long as it's plant to bottle, then 
you're safe to use them well. Yeah, talk about, we only have a couple of minutes, but talk about quality, please. Yeah, and that makes all the difference in the world. So anything that's gone to the lab in the middle part isn't really gonna have a therapeutic value anymore because it's all about, we're using plant medicine, right? So we don't wanna start interjecting things. That's what pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. are, right? They've taken one constituent from a plant and then they just make the pill from that. And we know there's all these issues and problems with that. So we wanna use the whole complete plant, just straight, not messed with at all. You know, pure, obviously from like organic, yeah. clean sources, no pesticides, herbicides, any of that kind of stuff used. But Wonderful. Yeah. yeah, I use this one for grounding patchouli. So before my shows, I'll use this one and it works well. I came in today a little frazzled and I did a nice scent of it and it was brilliant. Instantly, nice. I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It works. They Isn't work. that patchouli nice too? People yeah. associate, think that's like, oh, the hippie smell. But when you smell that one, it's not like that. It's, I love it. It just smells so yeah. good. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we're out of time, but thank you so much for being on the show and all yes. this information. Thank My you, My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so grateful. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in. Check out AspenTalksHealth.com for Sheridan's information, and I'll put up this uh, wonderful company's information as well. Thank you, guys. Thank mm -hmm. you.